Hey, Shane, uh, did you watch the Oscars at all? Well, just like millions of other Americans, no, I had something better to do, like jerk off, drink, beat my kids. I don't know, you know, anything other than watch the Oscars. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Fucking worthless show. Oh, my God. Uh, s- More people watch Biden's speech than they watch the Oscars. <laughs> I didn't watch them. I don't ever watch them, but usually I'm on IMDb and I see things. And it is May 4th right now, and neither of us knows who has won. And I have not been on social media, so I have not even looked. So, want to make some half-assed predictions right now, and then right now we'll see who is right and wrong? I think it was so uncovered that even Facebook didn't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think if you ask the average American, hey, what do you think of the Oscars? They'd be like, the what? I don't know. Some people I know aren't big movie people, but they watch them. And I'm like, oh, why? Normally, but not this year. I like to get drunk and yell at them, but I didn't this year. Well, I guess people have more important things to do. We don't give a fuck about celebrities anymore. No. Thanks, COVID. Okay, um, let's go. What do you want to do? Actor, actress, director, movie? Yeah, the, the, the sexy ones, the big ones. Okay. Um, what do you want to start with? Director. Do you have any idea who is nominated? Okay, here. Um, I know the list of the eight movies nominated for Best Picture because I've seen six out of eight of them. Because, okay. Because originally we were planning to do some kind of Oscar cast. And then we said, fuck it. And I went out of town and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. So this is what I got. We have Minari, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I think that that's what one. it's called. <laughs> um there's nomad land there's promising young woman the Ooh. trial of chicago eight oh god i'm blanking now the father there's two more which ones am i missing here sound of metal hey, there you go sound of metal which we oh, discussed yeah. in our recap last year and then one more missing one um rich people are bad Ding, ding. <laughs> um, okay, so you th- which one do you think won Best Picture? Best Picture? I'm going to look for the I'm going to go because I hear a lot of buzz about it. Um, Promising Young Woman. You know what? I saw that one, and that's the most interesting one to me because what I like about a movie is it leaves me just questioning... Something and that movie has a lot of questions. It's got, it's got of... everything you need for a best picture. It's got a mm-hmm. message that uh, let's just say Hollywood can get behind and rally around, um, at least on the surface. And then I've actually heard that it's actually a good movie and well acted and stuff. So it's got a, a lot of the formula that I think. Oh, Mink. We missed Mink. Mink? Mank, the David Fincher one about um, uh, Mank and Orson Welles, the Citizen Kane one. That's not going to win. Okay. Um, th- actually, of all the movies I'd want to talk about, it would be that one. I actually, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but the ending is so jarring. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> so it's interesting. <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting to talk about. So. All right. We're never going to talk about it. So is that actually your pick? Yeah, what's your pick? Um, part of me says Nomadland because it's an old people movie, 
But honestly, the most Oscar bait movie of the year I saw was The Trial of the Chicago 7 because it's uh. it's by Aaron Sorkin. He's an Oscar darling. It's his first directorial mm-hmm. or maybe one of his big directorial debuts. It's about a big trial. And, you know, we haven't had any big trials or anything going on in the United States no. or any social problems going on in the United States. But we have. So I'm, I feel like that's kind of like a... The perfect storm of things there. So I want to go with Trial of the Chicago 7, but I have no idea. Should we look it up? Yeah, it's probably Black Jesus. I actually like that movie, but it's, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. I, I actually enjoyed. All right. Um, Who won? I'm looking. I, I just, I just Googled nominees and I just fucked this up. Oh, Nomadland won. Okay. Oh. The old people. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fine. Rinsey McDermott's good, and it's about poor people, so it makes sense. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, poor solid. people. I didn't think about poor people. Yeah. Well, that kind of ruins director. Oh yeah, because normally best picture gets director. So I'm guessing Chloe. I think it's Chloe Zhao made it. It's it's a pretty movie, it, but it's it's for old people. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that nails best director. Best actor, then. Uh, God, if I know who's up. <laughs> I'm going to go with, um, oh, what's his name from Sound of Metal? He's a fit. Oh, uh, as... Yeah, I know. I can't remember his name. He's a really good actor. But I'm going to go with Sound of Metal, the uh, actor in Sound of Metal for best actor. I'll go with that, too, because that's all I know. Is that or Anthony Hopkins? I think there's only... Oh, and um, Borat's dominated, too. No, Borat's. <laughs> you know what? Borat might win. You should you should watch that movie, Trial of Chicago 7, just to hear his accent. It's so Chicago and it's so hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's in Trial of the Chicago 7? Yeah, he's a, that's what he's nominated for. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. Oh, so no, no. Uh, we were both wrong. Anthony Hopkins won. For him. Yeah, he's he plays an old dementia dad. I didn't see that one. I didn't see... Minari, and I didn't see the father because... You see, I can't remember who you are, even though you're my son. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then I didn't see Minari because it's in Korean, and I like foreign films. My wife doesn't like to read foreign language, so yeah, my I don't watch either. anything that's required to read, even though I love Korean films doing well. Okay, here's here's how I view movies with my wife. We watched Fargo, because she had never seen it. It's free on Amazon. And she said, I want to quit this movie because I can't stand the accents. <laughs> yeah, so then she would not like the, sh- the, the Trial of Chicago 7. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Oh, geez. Well, You're darn tootin'. Well, tell your wife she's wrong because Fargo's like the best movie ever. This is amazing. Okay, but yeah. So, uh, best actor was Anthony Hopkins. Best actress. I'm going to go back to Promising Young Woman. Oh, you think Carrie Mulligan? I think yeah. it's Frances McDormand because I'm guessing mm. if Nomad Land won all the other shit, she won that one. Usually, that's how it works, but it's not always. I win. Congratulations! No one gives a fuck. I will drink to my success. <laughs> okay, so why we're actually here is not talk about those fucking movies at all. We're going to talk about a good movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> not one that won Best I'm- Picture. That's some bullshit. Nothing about social, you know, inequalities. We want things about space aliens. And Tim Allen. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You have to drink the glass half full. Welcome 
to Wasted Potential Podcast. Another week, another no dollar for us as five of you actually listen to include ourselves. So today <laughs> we are not doing our movie as ever. You know what? If you're here, you've probably listened to a couple, so you fucking understand what we do. We're going to talk about a movie we like, not one that we fucking hate and grind through an hour. So Welcome to Glass Half Full. Glass Half Full. <laughs> I'll just edit that together so it sounds like it sounds good. <laughs> but but the gist is we watched a movie and we're gonna tell you why it's good. Go watch it. This is not like any other movie podcast you've ever heard or YouTube, so don't fucking tell us it is. Um <laughs> This week, what did we watch, Ronnie? We watched a absolute gem and treasure, and I'm gonna give a quick shout out to a frequent um, collaborator and listener, Dan. Dan mentioned this movie to me. I said, oh, I need to watch 1999's Galaxy Quest once again. And we're here to talk about that movie. Boy, and I'm glad you did. What a treasure. Yeah, it's always oh, fantastic. And we'll get into that. A couple things on the top, though. I got some little trivia here for you to enjoy. This is some fun wasted potential trivia. So the director, just a couple things. His name is David Parasat. Parascott, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's mostly a TV director, done some random comedies. He did the latest Bill and Ted movie, but not the other ones. He did Red 2, not, not the first one. And he's won an Oscar for a short film starring comedian Stephen Wright. So he's definitely got a writer chops. Yeah, but it's the weirdest thing. I was like, oh, he's won an Oscar for a Stephen Wright short film. I'm like, oh, that's I've never heard of this. I want to check this out. It sounds like up our alley. And then more fun things, the writers. Two writers here. Robert Gordon has done... Five movies, and the only ones of note are Galaxy Quest, Men in Black 2, and Sky Captain, The World of Tomorrow, which is something you texted me about the other day, randomly. I did. We may uh, approach that one in a later episode, for sure. No. And finally, the important <laughs> thing, why, I, why I'm why i here. I saw this, and I said, I have to tell Shane about this, because you probably never heard of this. So the other writer's name is David Howard. He has two movies under his belt. The first one being Galaxy Quest, another movie called Trek. And let me read the synopsis of Trek to you because it made me giggle. Okay. Trek follows a young Mormon teenager named Tom and his friends on their handcart journey. Along the way, they try to smuggle in unsanctioned food, battle-sibling rivalry, encounter a special ops young men's leader, match wits with a Twinkie-loving skunk, and ponder doctrine brain teasers like, do general authorities go to PG-13 movies? But when they encounter unexpected trouble, their faith is tested much like their pioneer ancestors. In the fall of 1856, the Martin Handcart Company hit trouble. Come on, come on, come on! They'd walked hundreds of miles. They'd run out of food. They knew that freezing and death were just hours away. How do you think they handled that? But sacrifice is a very personal experience. As for the rest of you, get your bags out. Judgment day's at hand. Thank you, Brother Crab. Hey, just gather your things. We'll meet kindly under the awning over there. Thank you. I'm taking 150 teenagers into the wilderness for three days. It's to worry about. That's a pact. Are you ready to go? Hey, hey, look, Tom came. I thought Tom wasn't coming. This time tomorrow will be all I don't want to pull a simulated handcart so I can have a simulated spiritual experience and gain a simulated testimony. Oh, no, chill you chill out. Nobody's making you stay, Tom. Riding with you 
He's not usually like that. So that trip last summer, he was like my big brother. How about you with Anna? You guys spent all day together. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. She's oh. not Mormon. Shut up. Howdy, fellas. Are you ready for this bizarre cultural ritual thing? Let's call it Mormon cosplay. <laughs> oh, come on. It's 7 a.m. for heaven's sakes. What? So I know we're watching for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> do, do Mormons believe in Christmas? I don't know anything anymore. I feel like they do. Yeah. <laughs> they believe a lot of things, so <laughs> why not? What the fuck was that plot? <laughs> I, I don't know, but, but I, 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 my favorite thing about watching movies is going on IMDb and doing deep dives. That is the deepest of dives. Let's get into this. All right. So I guess we'll start with the first one. Is uh, When did you first see Galaxy Quest? I saw it on... VHS or DVD. My parents rented it on a whim. And I don't know why. My dad only likes Star Trek V, the one with the whales. So he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like sci-fi. My mom doesn't really like I it. I only like the one with the whales. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun movie, but I'm just like, it's so random. My dad likes the one with the humpback whales. <laughs> but um, we got my parents got it on a whim. We watched it, and like my family loved it. And then my wife loves it, so some people know about it, and they love it. I think people who know it love it. Oh, how could you not? It's it's weird to explain, because if you look at it on the surface, it looks like it's just a corny, shitty sci-fi comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it doesn't generally... It doesn't look very good, generally. Like, if you think about, like, good-looking movies. But it's it reminds me a little bit of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And kind of its silliness. I mean, obviously, Hitchhikers is more of like written by someone that wears a cardigan every day. <laughs> but uh, this one, it, it, it's kind of like it's stupid, but it it's believable. And that's how good the writing is on it. Is where I want to get is like the writing on it is so tight and perfect because this thing could really be dumb really quick, but it manages not to be somehow well it shows the writing prowess of the author of red 2 and trek so you know like they're obviously amazing film writers and have gone on to write and pen amazing movies <laughs> well something happened along the way that's what happens when you do too much cocaine <laughs> yeah that mormon cocaine when did you first see it um honestly i don't know i believe it was when i was older though i think it was as an adult and I think it was because someone said, you've never seen Galaxy Quest before? And I was like, no, this looks fucking dumb. I hate Tim Allen. And then... <laughs> Drink. Ow! Shit! So Shane and I were supposed to record this a week ago, and we made a, a secret side bet. Every, the first person to shit on Tim Allen has to drink, and obviously Shane forgot. <laughs> Fuck. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I saw it, and I was like, that was hilarious. You know, okay. Gosh darn it, I give up. It's yours, you can have it. You have to give me a minute to put it in a box for you. Okay? Gwen. Don't panic. I've dealt with this guy before. He's as stupid as he is ugly. Come here. Jason. Not now, Gwen. No. Sit, 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 sit. We're gonna send everything we can at him, all right? Jason. Not now, Gwen. Press these red buttons and send everything we have towards him, okay? Okay. All right, Gwen. Put me back on with him. Well, I'm trying to tell you, you are back. Perhaps I'm not as stupid as I am ugly, Commander. Gave you the 
kill gesture. Yeah, no, you gave me the word dead signal. I was agreeing with you. Like, I know where the hold button is. It's just a wonderful little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think I saw it as an adult. I can't tell you exactly when. Like, Galaxy Quest doesn't, like, stick in my brain as, like, a turning point in my life. But <laughs> uh, it was an enjoyable point. It, it got me because I probably saw this in 2000, 2001. So that's when I started getting into science fiction. So, like, you know, leaving Star Wars and moving into more kind of satirical and kind of other things. And once again, I'm not going to say Galaxy Quest is like a heady movie, but it kind of, no. but it, it, it topple, it like tackles tropes of the genre. So it's kind of, it's kind of a fun way of getting, you know, someone young into like goofy science fiction and, and kind of, you, you laugh at it, but. Oh yeah. It does such a good job. It's almost like a, not as smart police squad in the way that it like uh, tackles tropes. Do you mean Police Squad or do you mean like Naked Gun? Police Academy, I think. Yeah, like <laughs> Naked Gun writers. Yeah. Police Squad, Police Academy. Whatever. Anyone that wrote on the Naked Gun series, um, it's got kind of that kind of wit to it. Not as witty, but I'd put it in the same vein. Uh, but yeah, if you know anything about Star Trek, this thing should make you laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into that in a little bit because that's why for question two about recent reaction, I'm just going to say I still love it and I love it more than ever, but I'll get into the Star Trek thing in a little bit because it's I have a fun coincidence going on. Sigourney Weaver's character alone, if you know anything about Star Trek, should make you laugh. Yes. All uh, the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think now my recent reaction, I appreciate the banter and the characters and the writing more than ever. Like th- this, this cast of people who, like, y- you have sci-fi cred, you have Sigourney Weaver there, you have you have absolute <laughs> alien cred there. You have Tim Allen, who at the time is, I think, just leaving uh, Home Improvements, and then you have R.I.P. One of the 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 greatest, most sardonic people ever all time, Alan Rickman, <laughs> just um, being the best that he can. And then I think our favorite actor, Sam Rockwell, and a uh, yeah, one of his first roles, and he's a also star. don't forget Tony Shalhoub. Oh well, we're gonna talk about Tony Shalhoub because I have a, I have a question about <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, and uh, but everyone's great. Sam Rockwell is a gem in this. He's always a gem in anything you see him in, but. He's a true gem as as guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. He's just guy. Guy. <laughs> if he wasn't a big actor and Oscar winner now, he I, we could just call him Guy forever, but now he's Sam Rockwell. He's he's earned his name and his uh, and his acting prowess, but just calling him Guy would be perfect. Apparently, my wife didn't know who the fuck he was, and I could not get her to. I was like, "This, this." She, she's like, "I don't know who he is." I was like, "You, you, you, <laughs> you promising young woman. <laughs> you promising young woman. You." Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. People who like movies know who he is. People who are into movies know who he is, and like. My wife is like, I know him. Where's he from? I'm like, oh, he's from a bunch of things. So, like, she recognizes him, but she, if I sit around saying Rockwell, she'll just, like, look at me like I'm stupid. Like, who's that? <laughs> so, I guess we'll we'll move into the important questions here. The, uh, what was your reaction this time? Um, kind of went into that already. I don't want to get too much into it because it kind of goes into my three things. But, like I said, it's still... 
I love it more than ever. I love the cast. I love their dynamic. I love the characters and the writing. So I'm kind of in the same vein as you. It's just, it just, it added more this time. I added just more to it, more appreciation. I'll get more into that later. Yeah, same with me. I, I think I like Galaxy Quest more now than I ever have. Yeah. Uh, it means more to me now, especially now that I kind of get some of the smarter jokes. Um, and also seeing Justin Long as like a 14 year old <laughs> was really funny to see. Talk about perfect casting. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, I, I know, Commander. And uh, I actually want to just wanted to tell you that I, I thought a lot about what you said. It's OK. Now, listen, but, but I want you to know that I'm not a complete brain case. OK, <laughs> I understand completely that it's just a TV show. It's all real. Oh my god, I knew it. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> Nailed it. You kind of just lean into the whole nerd thing. <laughs> you really yes. Um, So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll kind of venture into uh, the real discussion point, which is um, what are three things that you would change? Nope. Uh, three things you love about it. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you run this fucking interview? <laughs> I'm then? sorry. Fuck you. I, I figured, I figured Jesus you could handle this. fucking Christ. Okay, well, uh, the three things I love, the number one thing, and I loved this as a kid, but now I love it even more, is the Thermians. Just the aliens, the, uh, the people. They're so amazing. What's your name? Doesn't she talk? Her translator is broken. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> Just alone, Mathazar, who's played by Enrico Colatoni, is like my favorite character of all time. He's so naive and is, he's perfectly played. Just, he just, everything he says is a perfect line of just like goofy. Commander, excuse me. I must speak to you. It is a matter of supreme importance. We are Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula and we need your help. Remember, mum is the word. Certainly, they're they're so stupid. Those characters, like, <laughs> if you explain it, like as we explain it here, you're gonna be like, I, why? You know what? Really quickly, I don't think we've done a synopsis. I don't. <laughs> someone who doesn't know what we're fucking talking oh. about. Wow. Yeah, we've. Yeah, that's something. Okay, uh, really quickly, uh, my synopsis on top of my head is. A group of actors who are on a cheesy, but I guess seminal science fiction show are transported onto an alien ship in which everything from their show is real and they have to like fumble and bumble their way to save the galaxy or at least save Earth or save this planet of these very naive people who think the show is actually real. Yes. I think that's basically it, right? It's it's just an absolute absurdist. Yeah, washed washed up actors from a famous show are approached by aliens who apparently thought the show was real and have replicated it and now have recruited them as their heroes. I feel like this plot has kind of been used a lot before. Yeah, it's 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 a classic fish out of water, except for the fish should know. What they're doing, but they don't because they're they're they're, they're <laughs> fictional characters. So it's that's kind of a fun thing to plays with. It's like it's like if, if you take I don't know like like a like 
for a dumb example, but John Carter. John Carter's a, a soldier. You take him off of the Civil War and throw him on a mm-hmm. Mars planet. The very least he can fight, but these people don't know what they're doing because they, they've been like actors. So it's kind of a fun dig at actors. Like, <laughs> we don't do anything. We don't know anything because we're actors. I'm just an actor. <laughs> but um, but the, uh, the, 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 the cast, Tim Allen and them are... They they're they're lying to these Thermians, these very naive and goofy squid looking aliens, and and they have the best <laughs> intentions in the world, and they just do everything so goofy and don't understand. The the, the um the the villain says talk to them like children because that's what they are. They have no idea the concepts of humanity of like <laughs> lying and acting. Or, you know, what's fake and real. <laughs> Our uh, villain, which I feel like I know who it is, but I I don't. I don't know. He's probably just random actor. He, he's just random actor. He's some British actor. He's um he he's more a stage and TV than he is like film. But um but yeah, but my number one thing is I love the Thermians. Like there's I'm gonna give you a, a whole montage of lines right here. Um. We are not the people you think we are. I don't understand. Didn't you make any TV shows on your planet? Any theater, films? The historical documents of your culture, yes. In fact, we have begun to document our history from your example. No, not not historical documents. They're not all historical documents. I mean, surely you don't think that Gilligan's Island is a... Those poor people. You are speaking of... Deception, lies. We have only recently become aware of this concept in our dealings with Ceres. Often Ceres will say one thing and do another, promise us mercy, but deliver destruction. It is a concept we are beginning to learn at some great cost. But if you are saying that any of you could have traits in common with Ceres... and and it's perfect because it's not like it's it's not insulting it's because they don't know human inflections and they don't know how to speak like english so like so like they don't know how to put inflections on certain words so it's perfectly acted by them but especially mathazar because they don't know how to like how to like you know put a certain feeling to words? They're just talking randomly and like in tones and not understanding emotion. It's because it's delightful. <laughs> it truly is delightful. Uh, first thing I loved was Sam Rockwell's character. He's such a gem as guy, especially when they get towards like the end when like they all realize this is real, and he is terrified to be existing in this universe because he played a character <laughs> on the show. And now that he sees that like the show is mirroring real life, he is so scared because he played like guy number seven who died <laughs> as he puts it <laughs> dies to show that the stakes are real in the show. You're not going to die on the planet guy. I'm not. What's my last name? It's, uh, um, uh, Nobody knows. You know why? Because my character is important enough for a last name. Because I'm gonna die five minutes in. Guy, you have a last name. Do I? Do I? Yes. For all you know, I just come in number six. Baby, baby, baby. 
<laughs> so he's wonderful because he's just like he's scared he's an asshole he's sam rockwell yeah but what i like about this and going into more characters I know, I know you want to talk about tony shalhoub is almost all the characters have a nice arc so the the author the, the writers here know to give almost everyone an arc of like okay everyone has something to do and they and they have a moment of like realization so sam rockwell like uh, Tony Shalhoub tells him, maybe you're not the the like the throwaway comic uh, like a guy. Maybe you're the comic relief. And he's plucky, <laughs> and and then and and that's when Sam Rockwell goes, oh, okay, <laughs> I can do that. I I can accept myself in this universe. <laughs> you're the plucky comic relief. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love uh, my second thing. I love is the costumes and the creatures. I love them yes. so very much. Um, is it Saren? Saron? I keep calling him Saron. Saris. Yeah. Saris has got a great design. He looks like a he looks kind of like Hopper, kind of like a grasshopper type thing. Yes, I got Hopper vibes as well. Yeah, from Bugs Life. Um, I love the um, the uh, the Thermians are like these squid things and they're creepy. It's, I guess this gave birth to like the whole like hentai porn or something. I don't know. <laughs> yep, this is this is where it started. Japan saw this movie and went, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to come back to Tony Shalhoub because I, I got a question for you. We'll get to him. Oh. I'm sure I'm sure you want to talk to him. Oh, yeah. And I love the um, the creepy Teletubbies on the alien planet. I love them so very much. The, <laughs> like the, the cannibalistic Teletubbies. Oh, who, yeah. Um, Sigourney Weaver says, they look like, like, like children. They're so cute. And then Guy's like, no, they're going to get evil. They're going to get vicious. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so it's so fourth wall breaking, and you know me, I like my fourth wall intact. But for this movie, it's perfect because the entire plot revolves around just winking and understanding. Do you get it? Because we get it. <laughs> Could they be the miners? Oh, sure. I mean, they're like three years old. Miners, not miners. You lost me. I will say, I guess, yeah. Tony Shalhoub would be my second thing that I love dearly. Just because of w- what they did with his character, which was nothing. They're like, <laughs> like we want you to just act like you don't want to be here. And he's like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that's what he did. He just acted like he didn't want to be here this entire time. And it's hilarious. And when he's put on the spot to do something, he has a freak out. He's a panic attack. He's like, I, I, I can't do anything. Don't look at me. I, I, I legitimately, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, my favorite is like, they're like, oh, we're, we don't know what to do. Like, this is happening. The engine's breaking. And Tim Allen's trying to, like, be a leader and all this stuff. And they go to Tony Shalhoub. He goes, so they're they're telling me that we can bypass it or something? And he looks back and he goes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they say that'll work. I don't know. They're <laughs> 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 all going to die. But what's fun, though, is, like, he's not just, like... He doesn't. He's not like apathetic. He no. he's just he's just kind of going to be, because afterwards he says, "Bring it in, guys." Group hug. Like he's even just happy to be there. <laughs> I'm here, or whatever. He's simple. <laughs> yes. Here's a question for you, and uh, this is one of those fun um, double-edged sword that kind of puts you in a bind. See how you answer this. Oh boy. Tony Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. Is this character supposed to be Asian? I don't think so. Okay. Here's the reason why. His name is is Fred Kwan. And when they show the flashbacks to the historical documents, he's always squinting his eyes and 
He says, my name isn't actually Fred Kwan, and it cuts it there. So here's my question. Hmm. Does Tony Shaloub's character in this universe pretend to be Asian because he's like a reference to Sulu? What do you think or do you not even think about this? I'm just the racist. Now that you point that out in the way that you did, maybe it was like a side plot that they were going to go with to kind of make fun of it. I bet you it got cut on like the cutting room floor where they're like, we can't. Like, I don't know. Tony Shalhoub is obviously, of, I don't know what his descent is, but I don't think he is of historical Asian uh, you know, like uh, descent. Mm-hmm. But his name is Fred Kwan and he squints. I think he's like Turkish, isn't he? I don't know what he is. He's something. But my point being is, was that a joke that they didn't take all the way because they realized even for 99, this is probably not going <laughs> to go well with people. It won't play well. I don't know. I noticed it this time and, I'm, and I wanted to ask you if you thought about it, but it's there's a bunch of little coincidences. And once again, like in Star Trek, Sulu... Well, it doesn't make sense though because Sulu was the navigator. But my th- question is like, Scotty was obviously Scottish, and that's kind of Sulu's, and that's kind of Quan's job, right? He kind of works in the teleporter? I don't fucking know. <laughs> in the movie, though, he's like the teleporter guy, right? That's, that's, that's his job? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's kind of like the chief engineer, kind of, because he works on, like, that. But, yeah, the teleporter was, like, his big, like, oh, you know how to work this thing. I don't know. You can cancel us at podcastwastepotential at gmail.com. There you go. Let us know how bad you want to cancel us. <laughs> that was a hell of a thing. What's wrong with them? I don't know. Come on. The last thing I love and I wanted to point out is this is my kind of recent reaction. Recently, the past two months, I've been watching for the first time Star Trek Next Generation. I'm on season three and watching it, and I love it. It's fantastic. And then just as I mentioned that to, to Danny... He said, you should watch Galaxy Quest. Like, that would be a perfect comparison. So Mm -hmm. my recent reaction, my favorite thing is, this movie is phenomenally funny if you don't watch Star Trek. It's amazing. You don't have to have any context besides maybe some things you might know. So that's my favorite thing about this movie is, this movie is just funny on a basic film level because the universe is so well established and the characters are established and you get the Star Trek universe even if you don't know anything about it. But if you do like Star Trek, there's so many fun things that are kind of like, oh, this is really a fun little like, you know, cliches and inside jokes. So I think either way, whether you're a Star Trek nerd or have a casual knowledge or not, it's really funny. So I, that's, that's why I really respect this movie so much because it plays to both. True, true. Never thought about that. Because, like, I was writing down things that I just don't. I'm not a Star Trek nerd. I've seen the original movies, and I've seen the recent J.J. Abrams ones, and I've seen just only one season of Next Generation. But here's some things that I thought were fun, just like the alien planet thing. Like, you go down on this alien planet. Hey, don't open that! It's an alien planet! Is there air? You don't know! Seems okay. <laughs> I just love in Star Trek because like every alien planet is apparently oxygenated and, and I guess everything's carbon based and it's fine. Oh, absolutely. I love the red shirt character. I love that guy is obviously the disposable character and he's <laughs> fully aware of it and he just screams and yells, I'm going to die. <laughs> I love the uh, the dramatic scene where they're driving out. They're like, take her out. And he's like, okay. And he goes straight into the wall and screams out. <laughs> That's coming out. 
in Star Trek on the the Enterprise, everyone's the the perfect character. No one makes mistakes. So it's simply perfect when when Laredo's driving it, and the first thing he does is just he hits the wall, and everyone's turning their head. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then, like, the Thurmans are just like, huh. <laughs> I guess he's an idiot. I love the nonsense science nerds. I love the the, the, the whole Trek convention. I love how they, they get in their faces and ask them these nerdy questions that these actors don't have any idea. And they get into fights of it. It makes me happy. <laughs> um, I love the nonsense science rules. Like, just like, they, they say brilliant spheres without blinking an eye, and it's just completely fine. Thir- you can go 13 seconds in the past, and they're like, oh, how convenient. <laughs> the one second stop, which is a great cliche, but it's perfect because the Thermians watch the historical documents, so they would stop it at one second because they don't get the context of drama. <laughs> they just understand that things stop at one second. It's so perfectly executed joke on so many levels of just like this is great it's a trope but it's also it works in the universe of the thermians they get that why that's funny <laughs> it's so great <laughs> i didn't think about that but yeah the one second everything ends on one second they think it's some like scientific reason <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's just because of drama <laughs> the only thing better would have been if they somehow programmed in like commercial stops for everything oh my god how wonderful that would be if there's commercial breaks yeah where, like, everything was based around, like, a five to ten minute cycle. The Wrath of Khan ending, in case you're a Wrath of Khan fan, that's, uh, Kirk. There's a whole thing where he, um, he gets, um, Khan to not pay attention, and then he launches missiles at him. So that's the whole thing. The ending with the, the, the trailing mine things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my favorite, though, is when, uh, Alec Ripman, he, he looks at a Tim Allen and says, does the rolling help? <laughs> and when, when Tim Allen's rolling in the ground and it's perfect because it pays off in the end and he does the stupid roll and he shoots Ceres and I'm like, Oh, it pays off. It's amazing. The, the rolling helped. <laughs> also the like by Xanathar's revenge name, I will avenge you. <laughs> like... By wrath, by, by Rathgar's hammer and the, and the sons of something, I will avenge you. And I love that in the end, Alec Rickman even gets his little tie in. He gets his, he pays it off. He realizes that even though he hates um, Galaxy Quest, people love it. So he respects the fans. He gives them some fan service just because oh, yeah. he knows it means them. So I love that so much. I love that these characters hate it, but they, they give the people what they want. You have to. By Grabthar's hammer. By the sons of Warvan, you shall be avenged. <laughs> and Justin right. Long, where he's like, I know it's not real. And he's like, it's all real. And he's like, I knew it. <laughs> 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 like Justin Long, I was like, how are they going to get that through there? Because like, but all they do is just he immediately goes, yep, yep, I, I know. Like, never mind. I'm a nerd. <laughs> You gotta brush that off because the nerds believe it. And once again, he's like a, a, a te- he's a kid, so I don't know a rational fourteen year old, you know, wouldn't believe it. But you know, in part of their heart, they hope it's real. Like, like you know, when you're a little kid, you hope Star Wars and superheroes are real, and they're not. But at least you know the super nerds are like, wait, wait a goddamn second. <laughs> <laughs> you watch your fucking toad. <laughs> it's all real. All of it. Oh shit! I won't. I, I won't mention Harry Potter then. You mean I'm not getting a letter? <laughs> you can get some butter beer, but you're not getting a real wand. For fuck's sake! The only wand you're gonna get is the one that um 
that uh, Larigo has in Power Rangers. Up oh, there, so. no, not that piece of shit. <laughs> Larigo can't do anything right. <laughs> uh, what about you? Anything else that stands out to you you love? Well, you listed pretty much everything except one, the most important one, Zagorny Weaver. <laughs> and number one, her odd sex sexploitation in it. <laughs> With she yes. is running around with her breasts out the entire movie for some reason, but I think that's kind of a joke too. But the fact that she all her character is is just repeating what the computer says. I love that scene so <laughs> she, very much. She's just the intermediary between the computer and Tim Allen, even though the computer is like an Alexa. <laughs> Uh, uh, computer, is there a, a replacement beryllium sphere on board? Computer, is there a replacement beryllium sphere on board? Negative. Uh, no uh, reserve beryllium sphere uh, exists on board. No, we have no extra beryllium sphere on board. You know, that is really getting annoying. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? Sure, no problem. To give this podcast some nerd cred, it's a reference to Ohura, who just does, does that in the original series. And then in Voyager, they said that um, Seven of Nine is just a sex object, basically. And, and in real life, they actually wrote like a six-page uh, like a, a magazine thing about her her breasts and her getting inside of her spacesuit. So it's actually some there's some some severe nerd cred going on in here. That's amazing. I didn't know that about Seven of Nine, but that makes sense. But yeah, her character and just. It's fun. And you know what? Believe it or not, Tim Allen's perfect in it, too. Because, like, yeah. he's playing kind of a snarky asshole uh, who believes way more in himself than he should. But, you know, I believe that Tim Allen probably acted like that in real life. So. Yeah, he's um he's the Shatner right in, and he plays mm -hmm. it perfectly. You know, a side note for something you'll, you'll like? The original director to this was supposed to be Harold Ramis. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But when they casted Tim Allen, he backed out. And he said Tim Allen is trash, but he went back and apologized because he said Tim Allen was perfect. So Wow. Yeah, he, he went back and apologized because <laughs> he saw the film and said Tim Allen was perfect, but he didn't believe in Tim Allen. Tim Allen obviously has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way <laughs> in Hollywood for a lot of reasons, whether it's his political beliefs, his... Um, is sexism or just him being Tim Allen, but um, I'm going to give him 100% props. He's Wait, perfect in the role. What's with Tim Allen's political beliefs? <laughs> Did he vote for Trump? <laughs> in 99? <laughs> <laughs> Did he? he voted for Trump first in 99, actually. He said, um, he said, fuck Bush, fuck Gore, I'm getting me some Trump in 99. I remember, because didn't he like try to do home improvement again? And then people were like, you like Trump? Fuck you. And he started like his own like show, the Man of the House or some shit. Yes, there's a whole controversy of people believing, whether it's true or not, I have no idea, that they canceled his show because it was conservative, and then Fox picked it up, so... It's up to you to decipher if that's real or not. I've never seen this show, and it's not because of my political beliefs. It's because I don't like sitcoms. I always uh, am skeptical of those things when they're like, we got canceled because of our political beliefs, and then they take off because they did that. They're like, we're going to do it just for they pander. Because then I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just do that because your show? no one was watching your show until you made it like a political thing? 
long story short, people I knew were watching it and were gung ho like, "Oh, there was great ratings. How dare they? It's the it's TBS." I'm like, I don't think TBS gives a shit. But no, I don't think so either. Fox picked it up, so you know, and of course, Fox is like, "We'll take it." <laughs> well, once again, I've never seen it, so I can't discuss the merits of the show. But I just know Tim Allen is hit or miss for me, and I love him in this movie, and I love him in Home Improvement, and I love him in Big Trouble. And Shane loves him in Jungle to Jungle, so. I love him in Jungle to Jungle. And the Santa Claus. Um, oh, well, Santa, well, Curse Santa Claus. I guess this podcast is slowly becoming pro Tim Allen. Fuck! You can cancel us at Podcast for Potential at We're gonna get picked up by Fox in no time. <laughs> I'll sell out. I'll, I'll start selling erection and, um, and urinary tract infections uh, stuff. <laughs> we'll, start <laughs> we'll start selling stock and gold not actual gold <laughs> do you have trouble falling asleep i feel tired all the time isn't it time to let the real you shine through side effects may include diarrhea mm, amazing do you know how your laxative works there eat and go how are we going to handle all this certified cleaner for those who gaze up at starry skies and ponder the vastness before them asking why where and how <laughs> Listen up, guys. Today's the day. Today's the day. I am. I am. I am ready. I am totally blind. Oh, fuck me. We're spiraling. Yeah, we are. I guess that answered all the things we love. What would you change this time, Ronnie? There's a couple of things, and you can pick and choose which ones you want to talk about. I love Sigourney Weaver in this movie. My only problem is she doesn't have an arc, and my question is... Is that like a Mara narrative or is that lazy? Is is the joke that she doesn't have an arc because her character doesn't get an arc in the show because she's just the the eye candy who repeats herself? Or were they lazy and didn't give her an arc? Yeah, it takes the punch out of the, oh, you know, sexism and everything. They were so sexist that, and then they are completely sexist in her approach. And I think the only saving grace is she's so funny and she plays it so well and she's Sigourney Weaver. So I think she she gets a pass for it, but that's my only thing is everyone else gets a, an arc or something, or some kind of narrative tie-in, but she doesn't, though. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, because it is something that happens. And, like, she's kind of an ignored character for some reason. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not sure if it's, like, a super deep-cut meta-narrative or lazy. So it's up to you to decide. I'm going to lean towards laziness. Because that's way too meta, if it is a meta thing. Yeah, because the only reason why I thought about it is I thought about it way too long. And I think the problem is I want to give Sigourney Weaver the benefit of the doubt because she's awesome. And mm-hmm. she's her. She's Ripley. And Ripley gets a pass, whatever she does. Yeah, yeah. She's she's the best. This podcast stands by Alien Resurrection. Wait a goddamn second. <laughs> <laughs> now we're canceled. <laughs> now we're definitely canceled. Laredo, uh, played by Daryl Mitchell. I like his character, but he's a little shrill, and I think Guy is enough shrill. I don't think you need two shrill, kind of screaming characters. And he's the, um, I like the joke that he's the kid and he's grown up and he's like, you know, really immature and kind of angry. But Mm -hmm. I don't think he, he has a good arc, but I think he just kind of screams and yells, which is Guy's character. So I think they should have done something different with him. Yeah, he was like a, I feel like Tyrese Gibson changed all his acting to just reflect that character. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) yay okay um his character was pointless kind of 
it's another kind of like, why are you here? I think he's funny because he's the kid who grows up and he has his best his best scene is this scene when they say, okay, Laredo, take us out. And he goes, yeah. Hey, what? And it's like, <laughs> he plays it so perfectly. And they give him the arc in the end where he's like practicing to learn to drive. So they give him something. He has more to do than Sigourney Weaver, for God's sakes. My problem is just he's he's screaming. And, and it's like, it's like ah, I don't have him just screaming all the time. It's all his, his only thing he can do. This is true. Sigourney's funnier, though. Yeah, Laredo is kind of a problem. That That's something I would change. Give him a little, just a few more lines or like, yeah, a little more to do is the way to put it. What do you think about Ceres, the villain? What's your thoughts on him? He's meh, but he, he yeah. kind of doesn't need to be anything special. I think it would have been much funnier and just even more like next level hilarious if William Shatner was the villain. Oh my God. Where he's just like, I am sick of you, Thermians. <laughs> you constantly question me, and I am tired of it. <laughs> and he's playing like, cap. you know, he's facing himself. I think that would be mm-hmm. funny and meta. Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of played perfectly into like, like winking at the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not bad that he's just bad guy, bad guy. It, because if you did more, you would kind of lose the other characters. Because Star Trek villains usually have a reason. Unless you're like, you know, going old school Klingon and Romulans. But really, they have a reasoning. Like, Khan has a reason to be evil. But Ceres is kind of like, I'm just, you know, Space Hitler. I'm awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really is Space Hitler. My only thing with him is his voice doesn't match and the articulation is bad. And um, I don't want to mock the amazing sam winston Winston. yeah yeah no it's uh, the the design is good i think just the articulation is just not the best because his the human's mouth moves but sometimes the lips on the actual character don't Mm -hmm. i like his little wings though that flare out that (laughs) oh i love his little antenna i love his wings like i said the design is there and I just think there's a couple things with the articulation. But that's, that's just nitpicks. There's just little things. They're not like, like, oh, how dare. Yeah, these are all really just nitpicks. Like, you know, it's it's a great movie. I don't want to change it very much. I do wish Sigourney had a little bit more. And like you said, Laredo. I think that was those were good inputs. But yeah, just generally good. Go see it. <laughs> if you want to nitpick, and I don't think we want to because for time's sake... Um, if you want to get the nerd arguments, like none of this shit makes any sense. None. And it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense that like that nonsense science fiction written for TV would translate to reality in space. But who <laughs> fucking cares? Because I laughed my ass off this entire film, and I loved every minute of it. And the ch- the sets look cheap, but they're supposed to. It's the perfect write-in. It's supposed to look cheap and ridiculous because it's based off of a cheap '80s TV show. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it, I wouldn't change any of the looks, any of the aesthetics at all. Yeah, the writing is so tight and perfect too. I don't want to change that. I, I, yeah, I guess I just kind of want Zagorni to have a little more of an arc. I want more Tony Shalhoub just like undercutting everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's all I want. I, I don't know what else I could ask for. I can always take more Alan Rickman. I just I just love that every time he gets a moment to celebrate, they just undercut him every fucking time. 
<laughs> like like the like the moment when uh, when he saves him from being like suffocated from the oxygen. Commander Taggart has saved us. It's just not fair. <laughs> I love it so much. He's just he's just he's so British. He's so British, and it's delightful. Yeah, I think the most the thing I love the most about this this movie is. As you watch it, you realize that this movie could not be made now. Because, for I don't know why, they struggle to... Do, you, you, can, you can just see every chance that it has to turn so stupid. And it doesn't. It, it stays somehow on course and keeps the tone correct. It even gets sentimental. It has a nice heart, but it's kind of earned. Because uh, Tim Allen, um, Taggart kind of like has a moment when he realizes like... The, the Thermians are basically super Star Trek nerds. So then right. Alan has that arc of like, he has to like realize that, okay, I need to like respect these nerds because they're the reasons why I'm famous. So then he apologizes uh-huh. and say, I'm sorry I lied to you, which is a good connection to Justin Long's character. And he learns to just like not be a selfish asshole. And I buy it because I think Tim Allen actually has range in this movie. Absolutely. And kind of fit. My wife was like, does Tim Allen have abs? And I was like, in this he does. <laughs> Shocking. He, did, he worked out for this role. They, they make that fun joke of like, oh, you happened to get your shirt off there. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's like tanned and um, and he's at least doesn't have a, you know, coke bloat anymore. <laughs> oh, we're not even going to get into Tim Allen's past. Cocaine field past. You know what's really funny? So, um, I was an English major, so, like, um, I had tons of books I'd never read, but one time my dad brought home, um, he worked for a city, and, uh, and the library was, like, getting rid of books, and he brought me a whole collection of books to look through, and I said, sure, I'll look through it, why not? So I'm going through these books, and one of the books was, um, Coke was a Tim Allen book called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man, and I was like, I gotta skim this, and there's a whole, whole chapter on how to get laid, and I was like, yes. So, <laughs> so, so our next podcast will be about, God damn it, every fucking time. I don't know what it is. It's the mic or something. Even at the fucking end of the podcast, you can't fucking get, let us get away. Mm-hmm. But our next podcast will be a review of Tim Allen's 1994 book. <laughs> My God, yes. I want to know how to get laid. Just, just lean into um, the, the red and do coke. All right. Simple enough. <laughs> Sponsor us. We'll we'll lean red and get some coke. We, can you imagine if this podcast just starts to take a real turn, literally to the right, and we just start doing a shit ton of coke and talking about like how the election was stolen? I mean, was it not? <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> to play Henry VIII. Now I look at glasses half over.
Eh. Who's Rickman. that? Alan Rickman. <laughs> Alan Rickman. I don't know. I don't even know how to do Alan Rickman. You sound like um, Charlton Heston. <laughs> Mr. Potter. <laughs> I killed Dumbledore. Now I'm here. <laughs> Spoiler alert, bitches. <laughs> For a 20-year-old book. Fuck them. Um, I don't know. What accents am I going to do in this? I fucking don't know. You've got a good Thermian one. It is the class that is half four. <laughs> we have reviewed the text, the ancient writings of the Holy Ones, the podcast Wasted Potential. Their go. take on movies is transcendent. <laughs> Sublime. Sublime. This is going to be our lowest rated cast for sure. 